Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure, AKA Radio Red, in the house Monday night. It's my favorite night of the week because I'm here on Read My Lips Radio. So happy to be here. We're going to talk about creativity. I have a packed house again for guests. It only happens a few times a year, and tonight is one of those times. It is May 22nd. I don't know where the year is Zooming to. We're on Zoom, by the way. Guests, I haven't introduced you yet, but wave hello, please, to LinkedIn, and wave hello to Facebook, twice to Facebook. I got you on two channels, and then wave <laughs> hello virtually to Voice America Empowerment. We are simulcasting. We're going to make that word of the word today. It is actually, May 22nd is the 142nd day of 2023. It's the Gregorian calendar. And I consider Gregorian, who was actually a pope, I consider him one of the early creatives because he didn't like the way leap year was lining up every 400 years or so. So he changed the Julian calendar. And I think his mom probably called him Greg or Gregor or Greggy, but he changed the calendar. So I think he's one of the early creatives. What can I tell you? 223 days left in 2023. That's a lot of threes in there. It's the, how much is it? It's the 21st Monday. I'm the only one who cares about that, really. But I'm going to say, I'm looking at my guests. I haven't introduced them yet, but Peggy, I'm going to guess you're going to want to make Kahlua for New Year's Eve, and you'd better start early because the flavors need to meld. It's going to take a couple months. Ben, I have a feeling you're going to do something very creative in some kind of a special liqueur. And you're going to also want to make sure that the spices and the flavors have time. Pitts, I'm guessing you might, oh, I don't know, you're going to introduce you with a very old instrument. You might have a whiskey still from Prohibition somewhere in your family's compound somewhere. <laughs> get it out and get going with the whiskey. You really want it to be aged in six months. Really isn't that far along. And Rebecca, I have a feeling you're going to be ordering a bottle of something very special champagne or something with a little bubbly in it, maybe pink, maybe red to go with your gorgeous lipstick. I'm guessing, and I'm telling you, Rebecca, because we're coming still out of that big thing, that hole in the world called COVID. We're still trying to get out of it. We're almost out and we're all here. Thank goodness. I'm guessing you're going to find the shelves are going to be empty either in your local wine or liquor store or online, especially very, very soon. Everybody's going to find something special. So Rebecca, you put your order in next week. I'm giving you a heads up there. I want all four of you to please help me welcome somebody who's not with us here, but she's with us, not in spirit, she's listening. Make it the letter L. We rehearsed this, everybody. And on the count of three, we're all going to say, hello, L, L, L. See if you can follow along. One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. You won. That, that was it. Jordan is my new engineer tonight. He's never heard this before. But Jordan, this was the most in sync. Well, there's a group called InSync. Maybe we're the second coming of InSync. This was the best, most in thank you all. LLL is lovely lanky Laura Legs. She's our most loyal listener. She's in Whitestone, New York. And Peggy, I've been taking up a a, a fake GoFundMe, fictitious, but it's all in fun for her to move her to a place that starts with L. So Rebecca, I've been suggesting she move to Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, or Las Vegas. Maybe not. 
Vermont, Long Beach, California, Lexington, Kentucky, Lincoln, Nebraska, Pitts, I think we could send her to Lubbock, Texas, or Laredo, and Ben, I think we could send her to Little Rock, Arkansas, or Lancaster, California. So, so, so it would be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most Laura listener from, and then the L word. The, the right L word. So we might get there one of these days. We've been doing this for years, and she's still in Whitestone, New York, but I'm sure they're very happy to have her. At 8.01 p.m., she will email me and tell me what you all said on the show, just a very brief overview, and how much she enjoyed hearing you and how you inspired her. So just so you know, she's listening. There you go. Okay, LLF, you've got your introduction. Let me tell everyone who my special guests are for today. I met three of them at the National Publicity Summit, where I get I used to get 99.9% of my guests. Now it's about 89.9%. I have some other sources. One of the guests here today said to me, I know somebody who is in my family who would love to come on the show. So we've invited him too. So let me give the names out here. We have Peggy McCall. Peggy, Peggy, just wave hello to everybody. I'm saying we have four unique creatives today, and the title of the show is Artful Creativity, and Ben, you know why. So Peggy McCall is a manifestation expert. She'll tell us what that means in a moment. She has written only 21 fiction and nonfiction books. They've been translated only into 37 languages. She's written the Savvy Wisdom series, and Savvy is spelled with one Z, which very much intrigued me. And Peggy will tell us more about herself in just a couple of minutes. Peggy, so happy to see you and delighted to welcome you. Let's go a little bit around the table here. We have Pitts Quatrone, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-N-E, interesting spelling. Pitts is a world-traveled didgeridoo adventurer. That's D with a capital D and A with a capital A because it's his title. It's the world's oldest musical instrument. I'm going to debate that with you later, Pitts, when we do the national holidays. He performs, teaches, builds, and composes music for the DIDGE, D-I-D-G-E. I want you all to spell that three times and use it in a sentence for extra credit. Pitts, I was so interested to meet you at the summit. I'm glad you're here. Then we have Rebecca Cuevas. Rebecca, wave hello. Rebecca paired her, her head covering and her lipstick and her, her outfit there for Red for the show. I am very flattered. I love the lipstick. Rebecca is the founder and CEO of an organization called Learn and Get Smarter, Inc. She is the author of Course Design Formula, How to Teach Anything to Anyone Online. She's going to tell us more about that. Rebecca, welcome. And then we have Ben Cuevas. Ben, wave hello. There is Ben. I love the glasses. I want them. Ben is an artist working across sculpture, installation, photography, new media, and fiber-based practices. And he is featured, his work is featured in galleries, museums, books, and journals. Ben, so delighted to meet you. I think you're related to Rebecca in some way. Yeah, we don't have you usually have mother and son, and here you are. And I'm Radio Red, of course, and this again is Read My Lips, Artful Creativity. So let's go around the table. Peggy, I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view. The rest of you behave yourselves because I might go to you for a reaction shot. So, you know, just, just be cool. Peggy, would you please fill in the blanks from the little brief bio I said for you? And welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Rad. And uh, I just love the whole idea of artful creativity because it's really what many of us do. It's what I've been doing with my career. And I've been very blessed to find my calling, to be living my passion. And how I use creativity every single day is by helping other people. I wake up every day and I just say to myself, in what way will I bring greater value to the world today? And that's my focus. 
I want to help people. I've been studying success since January 1979. I became addicted back then and addicted in a good way, addicted to great materials and great stuff and studied for several years until I finally decided I'm going to use my own creativity and create programs to simplify the process of getting out of our own way and of creating desirable results. And that led me to to tap into another area of creativity, and that is writing. So around the year 2000, I thought, I want to write a book about how we are playing a role in what shows up in our life, how we are creators. And we're also destroyers, (laughs) but how we actually play a role in the creation process. And that was the beginning of uh, my journey into being an author And so I was a single mom when I first became an author. I'm happily married now, been married now for 18 years, but I was a single mom at the time. And I used my creativity to find a way to reach people without having to be vacant from my son's life. My most important value is my family. I love them to the moon and back. My grandson actually I took home today and uh, I said to him, you know how much I love you, right? And he goes, yes, grandma, to the moon and back. And yeah, so sweet. And so I began uh, marketing my books online. I love the internet. I've been online since 1995 and I've been on the New York Times bestseller list. And I really believe part of the reason why I've been blessed to do the work that I do is because I've used my creativity to find ways of fulfilling my mission, essentially. That's really a big part of what, what it is and what I do. Peggy, I just want to know about your Savvy Wisdom series, just briefly. Well, it was such a magical experience. I had a wonderful mentor and friend for over 40 years, and he passed away. His name was Bob Proctor. And uh, I had written 18 books, and I decided to write a 19th. And I did it as a parable, as a fiction story about a young girl who was suicidal, who went to the park one day to end her life and unexpectedly meets this man. His name is Savvy. And he comes into her life and her entire life is uh, turned around, it transformed because of this gentleman. And so it's based on my life, meeting Bob Proctor when I was a suicidal teenager, essentially, and how he's helped me. But I wrote it as a story because people want to be entertained far more than they want to be educated. And so I use my creativity to create a series, Savvy Wisdom, Savvy Wisdom 2, the sequel and Savvy Wisdom from Beyond because he passed away. So she still wanted to connect with her mentor and friend. So I wrote a book, uh, just released it this year called Savvy Wisdom from Beyond. Lovely. Thank you very much. That's a nice gift from you to Bob and to the readers as well. Thank you. Pitts Quattrone, welcome. I was so excited to meet you at the summit. Never met a dig builder, performer, (laughs) composer, or anybody who knows anything about it. I think you have a couple of examples in the background there. Pitts, why don't you fill in the blanks on what you do and what's the dig? Go ahead, Pitts. Well, thanks, Radio Red, for having me on. So, yeah, the didgeridoo, it it takes me all over the world. I have lots of different missions. Uh, I create songs. I've created a curriculum, how to teach folks how to play didgeridoo the easiest way possible, because one of my missions is to share the instrument with as many people as I can, because it really helped me at a certain critical moment in my life where I could have gone a a few different ways, and luckily I was awake enough that the didgeridoo 
said, come on, dude, let's go. <laughs> and we'll take you, I'll take you on this healthy path. So I owe a lot to the hollowed out tree branch from Australia. And I have big respect for it. And the people who it's their instrument, the Aboriginal people, the native people of Australia, it's their instrument. I'm just kind of a, a messenger in this whole process. So uh, yeah, this creating instruments and music and teaching how teaching folks how to play is a big part of what I do. Very nice. And what are the sounds that it makes, Pitts? What is, what does it did sound like? Would you like me to play for you real quick? W- Peggy and Rebecca and Ben, what do you think? You, your audience is waiting for you, Pitts. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. This will be a treat, I think. How do you thank you, Pitts? How do you compose music around that? Are there different tones, different pitches for it? Yeah, well, uh, traditionally the didge it's it plays one note, so it, it is a drone, but it's really a lot more flexible than just a straight note, depending on the ability of the player. You can bend the pitch up or down almost one full step. And then also, you can put your voice on top of it so you could imitate animal sounds, which has been going on for thousands of years, nature sounds. But you can sing through the didge, talk through the didge. So you have that drone, and it's a wavy kind of rhythmic thing, and then you have your voice on top. So there's, there's a lot going on right in that, in that hollow tube. Very, very interesting. Thank you. We're all... Very impressed. And Thanks. how long How long was that did you were playing? How many feet, yards, miles? Yeah, that one, uh, it's about four feet long. That's almost as tall as I am. Never mind. I'm five, <laughs> I used to be 5'1". I'm not sure anymore. I, you know, I don't wear high heels either, so it's a problem. Thank you very much, Pitts. Rebecca Cuevas, lady in, other lady in red, I should say. Rebecca, delighted to have you here. Met you at the summit. Very impressed with you. Would you please fill in the blanks for us? Who is Rebecca Cuevas? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me, uh, Radio Red. I'm so honored to be here. You know, that's such a great question. Who is Rebecca Cuevas? And when I first showed up online around 2012 in, in my you know professional capacity, I created a character called Mother Rebecca, which is a fictional Victorian know-it-all. This is This is her. Mother Rebecca is me if I were 200 years old and actually knew everything. And I created that to share kind of the essence of who I am and what I want to teach, which is wisdom. So the way I like to say it is I kept the truth, but I removed all the facts. So that (laughs) creates a kind of universal teacher, you know? And, And the main thing that I do is I help creative experts and entrepreneurs teach their, fulfill their mission through teaching online. And I I developed the course design formula, which is a research-based method of online course design that's fast and fun and easy for anyone to use to take their expertise and turn it into really meaningful learning. You know, Peggy said people would rather be entertained than educated. So how do you make the education fun and keep them engaged? I've been doing this, you know, my son, Ben, he was my first beta tester when he was three years old. I was creating curriculum, so I owe a lot to him. And um, so, but how do you take your good teaching from the physical world and make it good teaching in the online world? That's, you know, the question that I set out to answer. 
And I love working with creative people. That That's the most fun for me. People who have their own unique wisdom that they want to share to make the world a better place. So the way I say it is, my mission is to help you fulfill your mission through teaching online. And that's really who I am, someone who does that. I like that very, very much. It's true. And, and teaching is really, I think, inspiring, exciting, invoking people's curiosity, giving them a reason to want to know something more or new. Am I right, Peggy? Am I right, Rebecca? It's all of those qualities, those characteristics of, they're all verbs, I guess. And it's not just, here's lesson, learn the book, and, you know, we're going to give you a test. It's, it's changed. And there are so many challenges, Rebecca, especially we've gone through the, the transference from people working in offices to home and remotely in the past couple of years. And that's the element is, how do you keep people feeling like they're included and they're there and you care about them and that you're not getting photobombed in the backyard or back back of the screen or anything. So very, very interesting. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. Very intriguing. What got you started in this, Rebecca? What what uh, what made you say I'm gonna start learning get smarter? What was there a, what was there a seed? Was there a, a day that you said, Oh, I think I'm gonna start this company. Where where did it come from? So that's interesting. I started the company in twenty fifteen and actually, the seed, more like the grain of sand in the oyster, let's say, mm-hmm. was that I actually had applied for so many jobs after coming back from an overseas fellowship and basically didn't realize that when you're above a certain age, which a lady never reveals, uh, you know, you don't get hired, even if you're very qualified. So basically, age discrimination, which a lot of my customers and clients also face has really motivated a lot of people who want to be mentors and who have a lifetime of experience to want to teach online. So I started the company and I didn't really know what I would be doing at first. It was a process of exploration. Learning Get Smarter is what I used to say to Ben every day when I dropped him off at school. So, mm-hmm. And he also designed the beautiful logo um, that's behind us. Very so nice. um, I didn't know. I knew it would be about education. And then I wrote the Mother Rebecca book first which, you know, my first thought was, oh, I'll have a blog and I'll be like, you know, a wise Dear Abby kind of person and advise people. But no one had any questions. So (laughs) so what I discovered was Mother Rebecca is kind of like my brand avatar. If if I hold this book up and somebody goes, I don't care, I just want to do OSHA regulatory (laughs) compliance, then I know they're not my people. My Mm -hmm. people laugh when they see that and get it. You know, so then I realized, oh, I, you know, I'm an expert on learning design and I've developed the course design formula in the process of, you know, figuring out how I could teach online. So I decided to teach other people that. And it's been, I, I, the book, my course design formula book came out before the pandemic and it was very lucky to have that in place because I would help people. Timing was wonderful. Thank you, Rebecca. So nice to hear all of that. Ben Cuevas, talk to us. Welcome. I met you through your mom, Rebecca. Unusual to bring a family member once in a blue moon. And here you are. Ben, I read your bio. I'm intrigued, intrigued, intrigued. I want to know about you and your art. So Ben, other than your mom starting to try her curricula out on you when you were three and sending you out of the car, go learn and get smarter. We want to know what else is there to know about Ben. Welcome. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Red. It's such an honor to be here and especially incredible to be here with my mother, who I think really taught me how to be a creative person. Um, so such an honor to be here talking about creativity with you all today. And me, I'm an artist. I work in a lot of different media. I work across sculpture, installation, photography, a little video and performance and sound. Um, I like to blend things together into installation-based work. And I also do a lot of knitting, a lot of textile-based work. I do knitted sculptures, wall hangings. Um, this is one of my knitted sculptural pieces right here. It's a knitted Prozac. Um, I view knitting as a very meditative practice. And what is meditation but something that calms the mind? So I thought it might be interesting to represent something else that calms the mind um, through the medium of knitting. So I, f I find these you know, uh, connections between meaning and material and represent them in form through my work. And then I also, on the other side of my practice, I'm also an art director and senior graphic designer. I do design for branding, identity, marketing, and events primarily, um, and have a lot of fun with a wonderful range of clients, um, including my mother sometimes, um, and uh, really enjoy the client-based work that I do that feeds another side of my creative practice in addition to my artwork. Ben, when did you wake up one day or was it over a period of time and said, gee, I think I have some artistic talent. I think I'll design. I think I'll photograph. I think I'll use turning material into magic, I'll call it. Ben, was there, I asked your mom, was the seed that started her career as what she does now. Ben, what was that for you? Is there a moment? Well, for, I don't know if there was one moment so much as I've always just been drawn to creative pursuits. I mean, ever since I could hold a crayon, I've been drawing ever since I could play with Play-Doh I've been sculpting I remember being three years old and my mom doing this activity where she put cornstarch and water together to make like a quicksand that you put your dinosaur toys in and they start sinking into the quicksand and it's like the, you know the it's like the La Brea tar pits but in your living room and I, that is like really one of the first creative moments I remember being like oh yeah this this kind of thing is for me um, but as far as my like my actual career path goes. Uh, I wanted to be a filmmaker from the time I was 12 to the time I was like 20 or so. Um, realized the film industry just wasn't totally the right fit for me at that time in my life. Um, and that was the moment when I decided I really wanted to be an artist. I went to the Whitney Biennial exhibition um, in 2000. 2007, something like 2008, I think, um, with a friend who had been assisting an artist there. And she was telling me all these stories of the artists as we were going through the exhibition. And, um, you know, I was getting all the, the, all, all the good dirt from the install. <laughs> and uh, it just made me realize that like artists are people and I'm a person. So I could be an artist on this level if I tried. And, you know, if, if I don't do it, somebody else will. So I got to step in and say what I have to say, and hopefully the world will hear it. And so far they have. I like that. Well, I want to congratulate you on the success. I read in your bio how many places you're carrying your art and exhibiting your art and writing about your art. And well, that's you. quite an achievement. You're, you're all very accomplished, and I'm very happy to have you all here. But we have to do an early birthday shout out to Rebecca Cuevas because I found out she's a Gemini and I didn't mention that we are in the zodiac of Gemini right now. It's the sign of the twins. It's an air sign. The color is lemon yellow, lemon chiffon, not your color today, Rebecca. One word, closeness. The shape is two waves. The gemstone is emerald. 
The strengths are compassion, the weakness is vulnerability, and they're most compatible with Sagittarius. Now, I want to read you the personality. Rebecca, this is something you mentioned about your Mother Rebecca character. By the way, I'm going to lean over and let you see my avatar. An agency did that for me years ago, and the company I was working with, we don't allow carrot, we don't allow avatars. So I kept her all these years, and she's right behind me, but this is the real red. So Rebecca, Gemini natives are charming and talkative, but sometimes display a know-it-all attitude. And you said, that's Mother Rebecca. And I thought, yes, you're talking to Gemini here, Ben. I don't know if you knew your mom was talking to her sign. They're imaginative, they're logical, they're curious, adaptable, multi-talented. Well, I think that you all qualify for that. Imaginative, right, Pitts? And logical, Peggy, you got to be logical. You do a curious, adaptable, Ben, curious, adaptable, of course, multi-talented, naturally witty. I think you're all, I can say you're all naturally witty, playful, aggressive, bold, ah, thick-skinned. Anybody here want to be an honorary Gemini? Rebecca, are you thick-skinned? Not whatsoever no. in the life. Okay, well, you must have been have some other sun sign here. They're very intelligent. They do well in school, good communicators. They earn well in life, but they're kind of snarky. Don't ask me where I got this from. I don't have the link. And maybe a little bit two-faced, but also intelligent, curious, and talkative. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from. Uh, Jim and I never satisfied working a single job, Rebecca, but they and they feel drawn to one or two side hobbies as means of supplemental income. Recommended careers are diplomats, lawyers, doctors, professors, researchers, mathematicians, creative writers or critics, communication, performance, and the sciences. And a couple of famous Gemini, Marilyn Monroe, Johnny Depp, Nicole Kidman, William Prince of Wales, who just participated in a big coronation, Paul McCartney, Brooke Shields, oh my goodness, Ian McKellen, Gandalf and Harry Potter, Peter Dinklage, we all know who he is. Uh, Blake Shelton, Anderson Cooper, oh my goodness, Liam Neeson, Shia LaBeouf, Octavia Spencer, Amy Schumer, Patti LaBelle, Angelina Jolie, I, I just can't keep reading this, this is ridiculous, and Heidi Klum and Zoe Saldana, we'll stop with that. So there you go, you're in good company, Rebecca Cuevas. So now I want to go to the opening quotes, you've each done me well, my, my request was to find a Fictional movie or TV character to quote or a song lyric that has nothing to do with creativity and not too many fictional quotes do. And I'm going to read a little bit from the quote, a little background and ask you, well, what it's all about in your life. So, Rebecca, you have picked, oh, I'm sorry, Peggy's first. Peggy, you picked a quote from Look for the Good, a song by Jason Mraz, 2020, from his pop genre album. And here is the quote. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Peggy, what a beautiful quote. How'd you find this one? Talk to me two minutes. Let's go. Yeah, I love that song. You know, I heard the song and just paid attention to the lyrics. And and then I read a little bit more about why he wrote that song or why Jason did that song, because it is a lot about him, you know, and his expression of who he is and, and just being authentic and real. And that's what I'm all about. That's why I love it so much, because I really appreciate authenticity. I love people that are honest and the real deal, you know, not phony balonies, that kind of thing. And um, also, I love looking for the positive side of life. And so look for the good in everyone is, you know, the name of the song uh, by Jason Mraz. And, 
and the entire lyrics just brings you a good feeling. In fact, I was playing that song today, or Alexa was, and we were dancing in my kitchen. <laughs> and so just a lot of fun um, to, to, you know, get into the music and the groove and the, the lyrics. And of course, everything we're taking in is going into our subconscious mind. So I love putting in good stuff and good songs and making good choices as well. So it really has a very strong, powerful life message. And I feel that it, you know, comes down to authenticity as a, a primary part of what that message really is. You be you, I'll be me. We'll all be here talking about creativity. Pitts, I just made a poem. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you about poetry in a few minutes. Pitts, speaking of you, you've picked an interesting line from a song, Shine a Light by the Rolling Stones, 1972 album Exile on Main Street, composed mainly by Mick Jagger and Leon Russell. It was about the founding band member and guitarist Brian Jones and was later reworked and re-released after his death in 1969. We don't have to get into that, but it was very, very interesting, the background, but I don't want to take time for that. Here's the line Pitts has selected. Make every song you sing your favorite tune. Pitts, I think I'm getting goosebumps on this one. Talk to me. How'd you find <laughs> yes. this? What does it mean? Well, the Rolling Stones have been a big part of my life since I was three years old, but I think that make every song you sing your favorite tune is like be in the moment right there and give it everything you have in that moment. And when going back to when I was three years old in 1965, my uncle Johnny, who had a huge influence on me, was a big Rolling Stones fan. And I remember walking into his bedroom and he's jumping up and down in his underwear playing air guitar to satisfaction. And he says to me, he's like, Pitts, just listen to that guitar. Listen to that guitar. And I still remember that vividly to this day. And it immediately, it set me on my course for my life. It's like, all right, I want to play music. I want to be in this powerful thing and, and, get, and shine a light and g give people good vibrations and good things and good energy. Thank you very much. That was very enthusiastically conveyed. Thank you very much, Pitts. I appreciate it. It was a <laughs> lovely quote, by the way. Rebecca, you gave me a whole scene here. My goodness, this is a scene from Top Gun, the original Top Gun, 1986 American action film. Uh, Stinger, I'll read the quotes. One is from the line from the character Stinger. played. It was Tom Stinger Jardian, commander of the USS Enterprise Carrier Air Group, played by James Tolkien, and Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell, of course, Tom Cruise as a U.S. Navy pilot. So Stinger says, they gave you your choice of duty, son, anything, anywhere. Do you believe that shit? Where do you think you want to go? And Maverick says, I thought of being an instructor, sir. Stinger, Top Gun? Yes, sir. Stinger, God help us. Rebecca, what does this have to do with creativity? You're well, on. Go ahead, convince me. It has to do with teaching and fulfilling your mission. And, you know, if you, if you see that, I mean, that movie is really the emblem for my whole life, the idea that you have to fulfill your mission, even if you lose your wingman, which is sort of a theme I've had to deal with in life. And, you know, just, I just love that after everything that, you know, Maverick went through in that movie, when he was given any choice of anything that he could do. So that's creative, right? I mean, he could create his future. He chose to be an instructor. So what does teaching have to do with creativity? You are creating the future. 
you are shaping people's lives as a teacher. It's it's tremendously responsible position. And I just love it that he did that. And that's always been very meaningful to me. So I just wanted to share it. And also, he was a very creative teacher, as well as a creative flyer. So the God help us, you know, kind of speaks to that. You got me to use some language on my show, which I don't usually do, Rebecca. That was very creative of you. I tried to, <laughs> not quite. There you go. We try to be proper here. Ben Cuevas, interesting. You picked a quote from The Wizard of Oz, 1939, classic fantasy film. This is the character Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, played by Billy Burke. This is the 1939 film version of L. Frank Baum's novel, The Wizard of Oz. Glinda performs the functions in the in the movie of not only the novels Good Witch of the North and Good Witch of the South, but also the Queen of Field Mice, who welcomes Dorothy to Oz and sends her off to see the wizard and orchestrates her rescue from the poppy field, blah, blah, blah. Here is the quote Ben has selected. You've always had the power, my dear. You wow. just had to learn it for yourself. Wow. Ben, this is iconic. Ben, tell us what this has to do with your creativity, please. Oh, I, I just love this quote so much. It comes from that moment, that, that iconic moment when, uh, you know, Dorothy is about to clock her ruby slippers and realize that the slippers she's been wearing this the whole movie could have taken her home all along. Um, and I think it just really speaks to the hero's journey and the fact that we all have to go through these stages of our journey to understand our power. And that is at the core of being a creative, I think, is understanding your power to create, to be a generative force in the world. And um, and sometimes you have to go through stuff to realize that you've had this power inside of you all along. And, and now you're able to flourish and use it and put things out into the world. I like the word flourish you just used. Very artistic word, Ben. I like it. It worked fine with the quote. Thank you so much, all of you. I appreciate the time and effort you put into picking very interesting quotes, and I learned a lot. I will tell you, I think last week, one of my guests picked a quote from a song called Happy Dance by a Christian rock group called Mercy Me. Now, I'm not Christian, and I don't listen to Christian music, and I listened to the song, and the line she picked was something like, we're all consumed with what we think we're supposed to be, that we're for- we forgot that we all we're all free, something like that. The song is so unbelievable, so happy, that I put it on my calendar to play every morning at 9.30 to get me started on Happy Dance. If you haven't heard it, go find it. It's nothing to do. It's not a religious song at all. The group is amazing, but the video will just get you rocking. I think you'll all enjoy it, so I'm just sharing that with you. So Here's a surprise. You all sent me at my request four statements about your creativity. And you've all talked a little bit about some of what you said already in your bio and in expressing why you picked your quote. So I'm going to pick one. This is a pop quiz. Peggy, I'm going to pick one of your statements and I'm going to read it for you. You don't have to go finding your notes. And I'd like you to just take two minutes and just tell us a little more about it. So Peggy says, I love writing fiction books because it allows me to go anywhere my mind desires. Writing fiction allows you to create from scratch. Pitts is nodding. Mm -hmm. And I find that an immense amount of fun. Peggy, let's go to two minutes. We've really got a lot to talk about still. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that. Well, I didn't even know that I loved writing fiction or that I could write fiction until one of my team members had sent me an email and said, I want you to do a little tip video on how you wrote your first fiction book. And I'm thinking, does she not know me? I had written 18 nonfiction books. 
But I stopped for a moment. I just thought, do I want to? And I think those are people can decide, do I want to? We're all creative. We've all got the ability to do it. And if you're a good reader, you can likely become a good writer. We're not talking about building a spaceship and sending it to the moon. This is relatively simple stuff here. And so I made a decision. Not only am I going to write the book, but I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I'm just going to open up and let it flow. And, uh, you know, just put myself in an isolated position, close the door in my office. I have a chair in the corner here. I call it my writing chair now. And uh, I just dedicated the time. I made a decision before I started when I would finish. And I set the date for completion. I decided it would take 10 days, not 10 days all day long, all day night. I just blocked off some hours in my agenda. And I got on with the work and it started to flow and pour and just go through me. And it was incredible. Like I fell in love with the characters and I fell in love with the story. And I got to a point was like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next chapter. And that was just really tapping into creativity. And I just fell in love. So that book turned into another book that turned it into another book. And who knows where it's going to go from here. Peggy, are you a pantser or a plotter? A what or a what? A plotter? Okay, those are British terms. A pantser is somebody who writes by the seat of their pants. A plotter is somebody who says, okay, my novel or my book, Rebecca, my fiction and nonfiction is going to have 20 chapters, and here's the title of each chapter. And today I'll sit down and I'll write chapter one. And then tomorrow I'll sit down and write chapter two, but I already know the title and I already know what the content of each chapter will be. I'll just flesh them out. Pantser is, I think I'll write today. I'll spend two hours. Let's see where it goes. Peggy, just quickly, pantser or plotter? I'm bi. I'm both. <laughs> Most people are. That, I'm exactly a bi writer. <laughs> exactly the right answer. Most people I talk to are. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Pitts, I'm looking at your statement number four. I love this one. Let me read it. A creativity high is when I create something new, such as an instrument or a song that other people seriously connect with. The moment I realize that someone else is connected with my work, is a natural high beyond compare. Pitts, that is beautiful. Take two minutes. Tell me more, please. Yeah, well, I mean, th that's it. You know, the connection with what I do and, and if someone else connects with it, I mean, that's touchdown, you know, <laughs> that's that's the, the score. But um, yeah, well, with, with the didgeridoo and my music and my teaching, it's... Uh, if someone connects with it, it, it feels great. And that's really, that's really the, the thrust of my efforts <laughs> is for that magic to happen. And when I see that happening and, and, and realize it with someone else, it, it comes back to me and it's like, wow, you did that, you know, for someone else. And so that's deeply meaningful. That's nice. How do you know when somebody seriously connects? You use the word seriously for a reason. Pitts, what is, is it the moment? Yeah, that's really cool. I like it, Pitts. Thank you. Or is it, oh, God, I love that. Where, where is it on that trajectory? Yeah. Well, you can tell. It's a vibe. And, and sometimes if it's a concert I'm doing and somebody's in the audience and I, I see them like they really get it, it's like that particular moment is like, ooh, there it is right there. So it, it happens, you know, it, it's unpredictable, but uh, it, you know it when it happens. It's like that X factor. The, the French, I think, call it je ne sais quoi. It's, 
I don't know exactly. It's there. It's je ne sais quoi. It's, but I know what it is. Thank you, Pitts. Very, very interesting. Rebecca, you wrote me a novel for each of your four creativity statements, but I've highlighted a little bit from each. Otherwise, it would be a half hour. By picking statement number two for you, Rebecca, listen up. You say, creativity means it's okay to take a risk and fail when trying new things that have never been done before, which is one of the things creative people do. It's inevitable we're going to run into some barriers and walls that no one knew was there because no one went so far as to run into them before. Discovering barriers and walls is one of the things that shows us where the available space is for forward movement. Rebecca, you nailed it. That's fabulous. Tell me more. Two minutes. Go ahead. So really what that taps into, I think, uh, Radio Red, is the value of constraints. You know, if if you have unlimited time, unlimited money, unlimited space, it actually is harder to be creative than if you've got some limits that force you into a certain direction. And life will force all of us into certain directions. So I encourage everyone to say, how can you work with the limits, you know, that that you can't get past to, to come up with something that's a solution that makes life better for people? You know, and in learning, in online learning or any kind of learning, the constraint is the what I call the narrow doorway of working memory, which is we can only really absorb a few things at a time. You know, if you try to, you know, throw everything at people, which is what I call serving a whole cow instead of like a little, you know, meatball, uh, people can't absorb it. People can't process it. So you have to be very creative in designing something that will work within those limits. And I really, I'm I'm learning this right now as I'm speaking to you, Red, which is I'm learning to be grateful for the constraint because it forces us to become creative. That's what creativity is, after all, is figuring out, you know, how to deal with challenging situations and in ways that work. So I like that. Learning where the limits are and the walls and the barriers. Sometimes that's for good. I I've written some romantic comedy plays and I one day I decided I want to write a play. Peggy, you'll love this. And I went online and I said, well, how do you write a play? What what font do you use? What what does it look like? What are the sections? And I found a Playwriting 101 and I downloaded that was a Word document and I put it into a new document and I just went and filled in all of the places that I was supposed to. I started at one in the morning. I worked till four. I was working full time at the time. I think in four days I had my first play. And I had a talk TV show on Long Island, New York and Great Neck. And I had some connections with community theater people. And I said to them, you want to come be in my play? And a bunch of people said, sure. So we did two versions of the play. And, and we had monitors. I said to them, you're all busy doing other things. You don't have to from memory. So we had monitors with the script. But they were good at looking at each other and, and, not, and reading it, but not reading it. And it were, we did green screen. We did some video. It was absolutely lovely. I did two more plays all wow. produced in my TV. St- and then they had to be edited to 29 minutes and 30 seconds, Ben, because that was the length of my TV show. And that's all the time I had. So I had to edit them down from like 45, 50 minutes to 29 minutes. Anyway, I produced one of them live with real actors and other, other people to fill the roles when I was living somewhere else after I left New York. And Rebecca, I hit the wall. People didn't get it. They weren't sophisticated enough. I'm not saying that to flatter myself, not at all. They didn't get it. They complained. I was maligned. I was panned. I was excoriated by some people in the community. 
the things they said about me in the play were absolutely brutal. I hit the wall. I haven't written the play since then. But I learned that sometimes you, unless you know your audience, right, Peggy, right, Ben, right, Pitts, uh, unless you know your audience, sometimes you run into that wall. It doesn't mean that you weren't creative. It doesn't mean you didn't do good work. It just means that, well, the wrong place, wrong time, and you move on. But I had I took some slings and arrows, Rebecca. It was a very hard lesson. It was five months of work with the actors, training them and teaching them how to do the lines, rewriting the play for their style. And whoa, that was brutal. So Rebecca, quick comment on that. What do you well, think? So, you know, my heart goes out to you because I've experienced the same thing and I really understand what you're talking about. Sometimes you're ahead of your time, you know, or, <laughs> and yeah, or sometimes you're in a different genre. You know, it's to me, what you just described to me is what I call the ugly duckling phenomenon. You're not an ugly duckling, you're a beautiful swan. You know, but maybe no one's ever heard of a swan, including yourself. Thank so you very much. So to me, much. that's the challenge. You're very, very kind. We'll talk afterwards. I can send you all links to the to see what they look like. I have them all on my Vimeo channel. Ben, I have picked two statements from you because I like them so much. I think they pair well, like good wine and, you know, a good meal. Okay, so number one and number two. Here we go. Ben says, creativity is the innate force that burns inside all of us daring to proclaim greatly to the world, I am. It's a little bit like uh, Rodin, je pense donc je suis, I, I think therefore I am. And then you say, no one person is more creative than another. Ben, that's so cool. There aren't creative people and uncreative people. Those we see as highly creative have simply realized that everything you do is an act of creation or creativity. Ben, you want to unpack these two for me? I'll give you an extra minute. Take three. Go ahead. Absolutely. Happy to unpack these a little bit more and dig in. So yeah, creativity is the innate force. Innate meaning it's born into all of us. I think we as humans, like our right is to be creative and create in this world. Um, and to, to be creative is to proclaim that to the world and proclaim this this sense of self that is innate to you and and special to you you know like we are the universe contemplating itself and we give ourselves more things to compliment every time we put creative things out into the world so i think creativity is really baked into the human condition um and is part part of you know what makes us human and is quite possibly the most beautiful expression of our humanity and in light of that, no one person is more creative than another. We all have this gift inside of us. Um, you know, people aren't creative or, or uncreative. And, you know, people who we view as highly creative, they have realized this ability to view everything you do as an act of creation, which I try to do. Like, you know, I, I'm a highly aesthetic person. I love visual creativity, visual art. And so like my, my zoom background, my home, um, the way I present myself, my glasses, my beard, all of that is an act of creation. I do every day to create this Ben Cuevas that the world gets to experience with and that I get to experience the world through. Um, so, and then I, and then I get to put that into my work too and share more of myself through the world that way. Um, so I think the more people realize that we're all creative and the more we undo the societal conditioning that we get that teaches us that, you know, oh, some people aren't creative, like, that's not for you. I think so many people get that message pounded into them, and they get creativity pounded out of them at a very young age. And I think that is such a shame, because 
there's so much more that we can manifest as a species, a society, um, a globe, a universe, if we're tapped into the creative force that exists inside of all of us. That was lovely, Ben. Thank you. You can be very proud of him, Rebecca. Very well. Ben, that was lovely the way you expressed that. I appreciate that very much. I run into a lot of people. I'm doing a local version. I'm living in Tennessee now, and I'm doing a non-radio, but a video cast, we'll call it. I say to people, uh, are you you creative? You want to talk to me? And they say, oh, I'm not creative. I say, well, you, you dress differently than other people do. You answer the phone differently. You probably cook differently. You probably have a different kind of a garden. How did you pick the furniture for your house? Where did you go on vacation? Do you hike? Where do you hike? Do you own a boat? What did you name it? Everything is, oh, no, I'm, I'm, not, creat- I'm not creative at all. No, I, ca- I can't talk to you. No, I, you wouldn't believe the people who turned me down. I think they're just shy. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm not serving wine. I shouldn't say that. Okay, let's, I tell you what we're going to do now. We're going to take a leap of faith here and go into some famous birthdays, May 22nd. I have a couple that are going to shock all of you. Then we're going to do a couple of, May 22nd, Events in Music History. I'll pick a couple. I've rolling about 20 of those. And then National Holidays and World Holidays on May 22nd. And you're all going to love these. So let's do these. And then we'll, we have six minutes left. Let's see if I can use this very well this time. And then we're going to get a website from each of you quickly. So famous birthdays. Morrissey, the British singer who was the frontman of the Smiths, went solo after that. I don't know if you know, but he criticized Madonna at one point, saying that her lyrics were pointless. Oh, my 64 today. Well, he lived to tell. There you go. Naomi Campbell is 53. Who'd have thunk it? Fashion model. I didn't know she was an activist, a UNESCO volunteer. In the 1980s and 90s, way back when, she helped to popularize the term supermodel. That was Naomi Campbell. And she was on the cover of the 40th anniversary edition of Essence in 2011. Jennifer with a G.I., Jennifer Goodwin, actress who starred as Snow White in the ABC series Once Upon a Time, and she voiced Judy Hopps in the animated film Zootopia, if you saw that. She's 46 today, and a famous tennis player, I think you've all heard of Novak Djokovic. He's 36, old man. Serbian tennis star achieved his first number one world ranking in 2011. Think about that. 12 years ago, won his first major tournament at the 2008 Australian Open. He's since won 22 Grand Slam single titles, including 10 Australian Opens. I'll leave it at that. Blah, blah, blah. Happy birthday, Novak. Okay, now, here's some people are going to shock you. We have a 33-year-old young lady named H-Y-U-N-E Eats. Honey Eats, I think is how she pronounces it on YouTube. <sighs> ben, she's only got 1.6 million views. That's all. Really, just getting started. She's a member of what they call the mukbang community, and she eats large quantities of food. Her first video was the Spicy Noodle Challenge. Now, if you thought that was interesting, I have a young person. Oh, it's a woman, a girl named El Sarka. E-L-S-A-R-C-A. She is on TikTok. She's 24. She has 9 million fans and 83 million likes. She's a social media personality. She posts point of view, lip sync, and dance videos. Everybody get up and dance. We're going to be famous. She films her own versions of popular trends. Um, she One of her TikToks on 2021 got 44.7 million views when she was impressing her classmates with a dance move. I know, Rebecca, how do you teach that online? 
And then we have a young lady named Chica. She's 29. She only, poor girl, she only has 2.3 million fans, Pits. I don't know what she's doing with her life. Her real name is Maria Lopez. She's a gamer. She plays multi-layer shooters like Fortnite and her Twitch account. Uh, she's an esports player and a member of the Luminosity Gaming. I don't know anything about this, but I had a birthday about a month ago from somebody, Peggy, who was a slime creator, and they had something like 25 million. And I said, I think we're all in the wrong profession. Let me go through some music events. Let's see. Um, okay, Bob Dylan in 1954, you know, his real name is Robert Zimmerman. He was bar mitzvahed in Hibbing, Minnesota on this day in 1954. Mazel tov, Bob Dylan. Uh, let's see. Uh, police canceled a show by Fats Domino in 1955 on this day at the Ritz Ballroom in, Pitts, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They feared his music would lead to riot. Isn't that interesting? On this day in 58, Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. He went to London for a tour, and they saw a young girl in the crowd with him in the entourage. They said, who is she? And she said, I'm his wife. She was his 13-year-old second cousin. He had married her. The tour tanked, and he had to go back in shame to the United States as a pariah. Let's get happy here. 1961, Ernie K. does song, Mother-in-Law. I hope I did that right. Written by Alan Toussaint, hit number one in America. Let's see. Uh, Bruce Springsteen in 66 released his first recording, That's What You Get, by his group, The Castiles. In 1965, Ticket to Ride by The Beatles went to, there was their eighth number one single. Let me pick one more here. Um, the Rolling Stones' Sticky Fingers album in 1971 with a working zipper on the cover <clears throat> hit number one in the U.S. I think that's all I have here. Okay, now, and also uh, the 2019 biographical film Rocket Man, featuring Taron Edgerton as Elton John debuted in the U.S. this day in 2019. Okay, here we go. Today is Bitcoin Pizza Day. Anybody want to know what that is? This was the first time crypto, Ben, you're going to love this. The first time crypto was used to buy products in the real world. May 22nd, 2010, Laszlo Henyez, Henyez, he paid 10,000 bitcoins to have two Papa John pizzas delivered. Nine months after he purchased it, the pizzas were worth $10,000. In 2015, the two pizzas were valued. Rebecca, sit down. $2.4 million, and the Bitcoin price reached a high of $63,000 in 2021, and the pizzas were worth $630 million. I rest my case. I've got it. We've got to get your get you all. Uh, buy a musical instrument today. They're debating the oldest instrument from 37,000 years ago. Pitts was a flute made from the bone of mammoth. Today is National Boss Babe Day. This is any female you know who's a boss. It's World Paloma Day. Paloma is the national drink of Mexico. Grapefruit juice, tequila, and lime. Sounds good. It's Julie Day. You know anybody named Julie? Just send her eye. It's National Solitaire Day. Goes back to a, a game called Peg Solitaire in 1746. It's National Vanilla Pudding Day, and it's the birthday of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who started the Sherlock Holmes craze. There we go. Okay, let's get some websites. Real fast, we got to close. Peggy, website where? PeggyMcCall.com. P-E-G-G-Y-M-C-C-O-L-L.com. Rebecca, I'm going around the table here. Rebecca, where? LearnAndGetSmarter.com. L-E-A-R-N-A-N-D-G-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-E-R.com. Pitts, where to go? PittsQuatrone.com. P-I-T-Z-Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-N-E.com. 30 seconds. Ben Cuevas, where? BenCuevas.com. 
B-E-N-C-U-E-V-A-S.com. Okay, everybody, listen up. Life is short. Break the rules. Yes, Rebecca. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Trust me. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Laugh with me. (laughs) I should always start the show that way. And never regret anything that made you smile. Work like you don't need the money. Nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco in the high school cafeteria for 250 people, they watched. Sing like nobody's listening. And love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Get your heart back in shape and get going and love again. Money talks. That's it, Pitt. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And last but not least, I stole this line. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red. Everybody wave goodbye. Don't go away. Bye, LinkedIn. Bye, Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week. Thanks again for listening.